This is Big Man Tyrone, and you're about to watch the MTG Cabal cast with your hosts, Wood, Thirsty, and Reptar. Sub to us on all your podcast networks at MTG Cabal Cast and YouTube. Alrighty, guys, welcome to the newest episode of the Lockdown Cabal Cast that we've got going. Uh, as we enter week, I don't know, time doesn't matter. Of this, we've got a set review now that Acoria is up. Even though it's not coming out for a little bit, we still wanted to get into some of the things that we think are a little bit underpriced right now yep. or stuff that we think has a good financial impact. So each of us picked a couple cards on, uh, you know, basically going from there. This is what we're covering, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Uh, there, there's a little news today. There was the Brawl ban announcement, which we expected, and the reasoning to ban the same card as EDH was there's no downside to Companion in a singleton form at the end. That would, so yep. that's useless to kind of talk about. And uh, the MTG Arena announcement we can touch on later once we know some more details about it. So yeah. we'll get there, that's... just not this week. Not this week. Yeah. Uh, so we went through and we each picked uh, two cards to talk about. I've got a feeling we might actually be close on one, but I'm not sure. Um, I, I tried to pick non-obvious targets for mine. Uh, okay. So we, and just so everyone knows, when we went into this, we did not tell each other what we were picking. Oh, not at all. Yeah. As as usual, we kept each other in the dark and just went from there. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, I'll go first because I think mine mine's pretty simple for me to explain. So the the card yeah. that I like the most out of the set and financially it doesn't make sense right now to move on is uh, Loris of the Dream Den. This is the Orzov companion, the three two, that requires each permanent card in your main deck to have a cmc of two or less and then yep. once it is in play you can cast a uh one a permanent spell from your graveyard that has cmc two or less once a turn so yep. the reason i like this is because it speaks to my play style and it basically goes straight into combo decks and to a lesser extent mid-range decks so one of the first yep. things that happened was this deck is this card is spoiled and somebody says this immediately goes in storm and they're 100 correct uh not modern because you can't really cast blacks or white spells like this so yeah. we're looking at legacy storm where you have uh dark ritual cabal ritual ways to power this out and it goes in both varieties uh, the epic storm and uh, which is basically a black red deck with burning wish or ad nauseum tendrils which uh, is based around just uh, flashing everything back with passion flames and then casting tendrils out of the main you might have some uh burning wish to go get an empty or two but it's not like yeah. your your main plan is not really the burning wish right so yeah that was cool and all but uh what i really like is what came out later uh from a tweet and i don't have the originator of this on me right now but it is a deck i've i played a lot and extended and it is uh, cephalid breakfast every permanent in this deck as you can see based on the list that is proposed has a cmc of two or breakfast less. is gas yeah i love breakfast so, so it, it's hard to read on screen uh just because the, the images are a little fuzzy but the combo is basically cephalid illusionist and nomads in core and cephalid illusion illusionist says whatever becomes a target of a, a spell or ability put the top three cards of your library into your graveyard okay so you're going to mill three cards Nomads in Core has an activated ability that costs zero, and it says redirect the next one damage it would uh, receive to target creature. So you can just keep putting this redirection on Cephalid Illusionist, mill out your deck, and then with Luros, you just reanimate one Thassa's Oracle. Uh, you, it could, sorry, it could either be with Luros or the Dread Return that's in the deck, if you didn't see that, it's tucked away. No, there's three Narcomobias yeah. and a Dread Return in this list. 
Unrefined, yes, but it's a goofy and fun combo. The other thing yeah. is it's base blue, so you get Force of Will and a little bit of interaction. So this is a card that I like because, like I said, it speaks to my play style. To a lesser extent, at being a black-white card, it goes in mid-range decks. And I mentioned the Pascal Maynard Jund deck last week, which uh, I've brought up here. Yeah. This is his like super entry-level Jund deck, which basically just allows you to continue to take control by casting some of these really powerful permanents from the graveyard over and over again. That's actually a little bit of a problem that Junt had, despite K-Command. You have yeah. so many, only so many K-Commands, but with Allurus in play, you can just keep casting Bobs or Goyce or Scoozes, whatever you need. And you can also put it in Death Shadow. You know, recast a, a, a Death Shadow or a Snapcaster Mage. Pretty Either good. works. Yeah. Um, financially, right now, it's... Uh, as I was putting my notes together, it was $7.42 on market, but it was still dropping this card started at 15 what the day it previewed it was 15 dollars, so that was immediately cut in half if yeah. you're looking to play this card i think a five dollar buy-in is absolutely perfect because this is a regular set rare that i'm looking at and this would be the way i would go for a play set um i could i probably wait a little longer than that if i didn't need it immediately i really don't see this thing sticking at five dollars uh, yeah. long term i don't think there's this is actually a finance vehicle uh so to speak if you can pick up set foils, they might be uh, decent. Yeah. But the way things are moving right now, with uh, the fact that people are still going to be cracking collectors, boosters, and things like that, it will depress the regular set prices. If you yep. wanted to try and make money on it and you had the ability to, then I would target the full art stuff. And I don't think this got the comic treatment. I couldn't find it. So I could be wrong on that. But I, um, I don't think it did, yeah. no. Uh, my other card did, so keep that in mind. But... When we talk to that, uh, well, I will bring that one up. But I think this yeah. is just a good a good card overall. It's fun to play. It really won't be a finance vehicle unless for whatever reason it takes off in modern. And at that point, yeah. it's really only going to be the full art stuff that's going to go. Unless for whatever reason the said version drops to a dollar or less and you can effectively pick it up at bulk price, then, yeah, you might be able to turn it around for like a couple bucks. But I think it's just a solid yeah. card. That's fair. I, I agree. I think it's got a lot of utility. You know, when we talked about the Pascal Maynard list, it's obviously very good. And something like Breakfast, this, I think this is the type of card that Breakfast needed to make it more than, like, as serious as Belcher is in Eternal Formats. Yeah. But still be Breakfast. Yeah. And Breakfast strategies are taking off in CEDH uh, because of Demonic Consultation lines, so I think it's got a spot there as yeah. well. I, uh, I don't want to say that Doomsday had a spot in the Legacy metagame up, up until Underworld Breaches banning, but there was uh, you know, at least one person that was putting up a 5-0 every week with Doomsday, and this really does yeah. fill that spot. It's the same kind of like goofy combo deck that once you have your like very minimal pieces in play, that's it. You can just you just should win from yeah. there effectively. Uh, it's definitely pretty good. I my my first card conversely is very much a casual target. Okay. Um, as I'm fond of saying, casuals rule the market. Uh, casuals love cats. Casuals love dinosaurs. Casuals love beasts. They love tribals. So I went for Kahira the Orphan Guard. Uh, it's the two Selesnya on one for the three two companion. Each creature card in your starting deck is a cat, elemental, nightmare, dinosaur, or beast card. Trying to now, find. There it is. Okay. Yeah, because I because we didn't talk about this, I didn't have this image queued up, but I got it. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. No, you're good. Uh, the reason I'm targeting this is obviously it's a casual tribe card. Uh, additionally, the extended art is right now sitting at about nine dollars low, and still going down. 
Okay. So I think that you're going to see it tick down to probably like five or six dollars on release, and then it'll just gradually go down. Yep. Because while this set is in print, there's not going to be a huge demand for this for EDH. Mm-mm. But once this set starts disappearing, that's when the extended arts, when the foils are going to start going up again. Yep. And that is when I would start buying in. Once you can get the extended arts, the foils for less than $10 each. Because a card like this, it does things that people love in casual formats. Yep. It's a lord and it gives vigilance, and it's cute, and it deals with cute creature types. Uh, and we it's, can also talk about the fact that it slots directly into the cat precon. It does, because exactly. Because it, it does have green-white uh, within the the reminder text, or the text box itself, not the reminder text. Yeah, it does it's slot in the in. casting cost. Yeah. It's green-white straight into cats, and it's a cat beast. Uh, you know, there may be some type of pioneer dinosaur or elemental deck that comes out of this since we're getting dinosaurs again. And dinosaurs was a thing in Ixalan standard. Yeah. Uh, so we may see that revisited now that we have another efficient Lord that also doubles as a combat trick by giving all your dinos vigilance. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the cat tribal stuff just generally doesn't hold, uh, a lot of weight immediately. Like the, It crashed and then it came back up over time. It took a long time for Miri and the the other like the primary general to actually pick back up. And this yeah. is one of those things I, I'd expect the exact same trend that you were talking about, where it just dips and then it'll come back in time. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and uh, again, I think the full art is is the way to go if you want to look at this for any kind of long term hold, especially getting it at nine dollars isn't bad because miri is like an eight to nine dollar card as is so when you're getting a kind of premium version of the card when it's full art that that's also appealing yeah uh my second card is one of the planeswalkers that seems to got have lost been lost in the shuffle Uh, narset of the ancient way so she did get the comic book treatment. We have seen the art for that. I joked that it looked like Sub-Zero from uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat 3. Yep. <laughs> and uh, what I like about this Narset is that you get uh, four, five loyalty for four mana when you plus it, and the plus can be a protective ability. It gives you a blue, a white, or a red mana, and you gain two life. The, the, the two life is extraneous it's the fact that you can only cast non-creature spells with that mana well that gives you vapor snag lightning bolt path to exile swords to plowshare yeah. some very powerful spells for just one mana so you go from four to five loyalty and you can protect your planeswalker the other thing that i like about this is and i think this actually lends to it being more of a casual card than necessarily a playable in the long run is the minus there is combo kill potential with her minus if you have a card like Boros Reckoner in play. It'll bring up Reckoner if people don't remember that Shining Star. Um, I, first, I, I misread her second ability when I first saw it, and I thought it just domed a player, but instead you have to actually introduce Boros Reckoner into the mix, and then you can just dome your opponent with Boros Reckoner. Yep. So if you discard Elish Norn to her minus to target your own Boros Reckoner with it, you just shotgun an opponent. Yep. For or Eli- Stuffy Doll. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. For Elish Norn's CMC, right? It does it to, to target creature or planeswalker, and then it's just to one. You know, it doesn't reverberate around. Uh, so yeah. casual appeal, definitely. And uh, the fact that it, she ultimates very quickly, she's for her ult to six, I like as well. And this is the reason why I like her for competitive play. Uh, she comes in, she goes from four to five, 
protecting herself. Then the next turn she goes five to six, protecting herself. But you like you get to untap all your mana. This uh, ultimate to me kind of speaks to a monastery mentor style deck where you're just looking to play a bunch of spells, create a critical mass of tokens, and just win on the spot. Yep. Narset's ultimate helps in that process by dealing two damage whenever you cast a non-creature spell, which is how you trigger prowess on Monastery Mentor. So it just kind of creates this new opportunity for a Jeskai-style tempo deck in Modern or maybe Legacy, if it's if this card is deemed good enough for that format. That plays yeah. differently than any tempo deck we've ever seen in Modern, especially. Legacy's had great Jeskai tempo decks before, like because you were able to play Stoneforge Mystic alongside Days, Spell Pierce, and Force of Will, right? Yeah. You're not going to get that kind of tempo out of Modern, but you can get close with this. You don't. You no longer need to play like Vendelian Clex, Snapcaster Mage, and Geist, which are kind of like mopey. You can play more tempo-based spells and Snapcaster Mage, so you can play Vapor Snag, Path to Exile, uh, Bolt, these really efficient spells that keep the board clear, and then win with a Mentor or two and just poop out. Yeah. Um, she's a card that holds a decent price tag. She didn't drop as much as uh, Loris. She started at 20 at the pre-order when I uh, put my list together on uh, Saturday. She dropped to about $17.15, like $17.15 via market. So we can see she's trending downwards. I don't think she's going to stick north of $10 if she does not hit immediately. And that would be my sweet spot to kind of come in and pick up a set to play. Again, yeah. I don't know if this is a good finance vehicle. If you can say, all right, I'm going to buy like eight Narset and sit on them and they're going to do well because it doesn't have immediate constructed uh, implications. Excuse me. It, you can kind of put it in fire and just guy fires and standard and like blap something with a Cavalier. Like that's a thing. Yeah. Sure. But it just doesn't flow into a standard deck you've got to work a lot to get it to work in modern and legacy just kind of swarmed right now with uro and oko so you gotta wait yeah. for that to kind of chill if narset were to dip below 10 and settle at eight between five and eight i think that's a fine time to come in and pick her up as a kind of like finance driven card and then you'll see returns later on but it's going to take a while and you have to hope that she doesn't hit between now and then much like yeah. laura uh yeah Luros, I think this is just an okay card to pick up a set of once players have started selling their copies on the open market, which is in a month. She's going to keep going down right now because the market is still trying to figure out what a pre-order price is for a lot of these cards with a delay of a month on boxes. And then once yeah. players are able to get the stuff in their hands, the, the price will continue to fall. So uh, I like, I'm not going to pre-order any of this stuff. I'm going to wait another month and then I'll move. But those are my numbers, and like I said, I think these are playables, but they're not necessarily finance vehicles. The comic yeah. book art, however, for Narset, which I don't, I know exists, but I don't know how to get, might be the finance vehicle for this card. So there, there's, yeah. I, it's the it's in the collector boosters and regular boosters and a million other things. But I I think that the interesting thing is that I I think you're right. I think the comic book one is probably the vehicle for it, but with the release being where it's at it's going to be very interesting to see how much of a driver that comic book card is yes so yeah um all right what you got my second my second card i'm actually going for constructed playability okay so we're about to hit modern season and humans was doing pretty well here and there towards the end of last modern season mm -hmm. i think that once we get a ban out of something urza humans looks a lot better Okay. And one of the best things I think humans could possibly have came in this set in general Kudro of Dranith. 
which is whenever General Kudra of Draneth or another human enters a battlefield, exile target card from an opponent's graveyard. This gives you main deckable heat for your graveyard-based combo decks. What color is this um, thing? It's black-white one for a 3-3. Three, oh, three. okay. That gives other humans plus one, plus one, and two colorless, sack two humans, destroy target creature with power four or greater. I think this is very good in humans. It shores up one of the biggest problems the decks had, the deck had while being main deck playable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's probably only a two of realistically. It's already a pretty tight list, so you'll have to tune it some. But this card started at $10, and it's dropping quickly down to six right now. Damn. There's an extended art version. I think it's probably going to be a three to four dollar card while it's in print and standard because mm-hmm. of the extended art version. I think the extended art probably around ten bucks yep. for the non foil, and I think that long term, probably pretty good to pick up the pack foil and the extended art foil. The reason being, eternal players love foiling their decks, and if you're going to foil it, you're either going to go box top or tribal wherever you can. Mm-hmm. In which case, the extended art foil works. Or just pack foil, yep. in which case pack foil works. Yes. But either way, I think it's incredibly good. It also happens to be in a common soldier color for EDH. Uh, you can have a black-white cleric soldier deck going, yep. something like that. Uh, so it definitely has that going for it as well in terms of playability. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's a really good card for the deck. I think it's something that it needed. And I think that while we're getting into modern season, it's going to be very well positioned. Um, I do have, though, one sleeper for okay. this set. Hit me. Slitherwisp. 3-2 for black, black, blue with flash. Whenever you cast another spell that has flash, draw a card and each opponent loses one life. All right. This card is incredibly efficient, and I think it's insane for Eternal formats. I I think where you have cards like Snapcaster and Brainstorm, whatever, like this is just very good. Ice Fang Coatl is there, so we could even go Ice Fang Coatl for Bug with yeah. this card and try to just go Max Tempo and Modern or Max Tempo and Legacy. Either way, I think it's incredibly efficient, and it's a good source of card advantage that I think modern oh, yeah. is missing that isn't something like a cantrip or delver or something like that. So. Yeah, and it only costs one more than Baleful Strix, and in the long term is going to do a little bit more than Baleful Strix because you don't have to worry about awkward combat situations involving the card Emrakul and how that card yeah. and how it's going to interact with Baleful Strix and six other permanents on the board. Um, uh, it also it works in multiple copies. Yes. Which is great. Yeah. No, this is interesting. I, this one definitely slipped by me, but I was not paying attention to uh, all the spoilers towards the end of the week. I basically yeah, like they just, just overloaded us. Yeah. Somewhere on Wednesday and Thursday, I just like checked out because I knew we were waiting on that dopey triland, tricycling land yeah. cycle thing. But no, I like this. This yeah, this is a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. I wonder if this plays into um, surveil at all. Oh, that that would be interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of that's kind of a forgotten mechanic as far as yeah. uh, sets that are in, sets that are in standard are concerned. It's not like it does a whole lot, but it's the, it just gives you the ability to look at the top of your deck. You know, Doom Whisperer is still in the format, and nothing about that card has flash. It just allows you to set up the top of your deck to position for a card like this. You can set up the yeah. rest of your game around it, or the the next couple turns. Yep. That's neat. That is yeah. very interesting. I do want to talk about the general. Um, the, the the thing I forgot about it was that it is, I believe, the only 
human lord. Yes. I don't think there's another one that's just for humans. You have soldier. You have like a soldier lord. At, Field uh, marshal. Yep. Yeah, from uh, was that onslaught block, or is uh, that? Outside that was onslaught. catapult master was okay. onslaught block. Field marshal was cold snap and tenth. Okay. Yeah, I think this might yeah. be. Yeah, I think this might be the only human lord, and it, that that provides a different wrinkle to the deck than existed before. Thalia's lieutenant creates like trigger insanity, but this yeah. is uh, smooth and powers up the the team without having to worry about anything else. It just does its thing and yeah. does it efficiently. Hmm. Yeah, it's it's very efficiently costed to three three for three with upside. That's perfect. Yeah, and it has removal. Sure. Whatever. Yeah, it, it's. I, I like it. it. It's better than I thought it was at first glance because again, there's a number of human synergies and anti-human synergies. Like you can't mutate onto a human, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. And I forgot just you know when you have a plane with giant monsters, there will always be humans floating around who have to bandy together and to take down the giant monsters. And this is how you do it. it thematically, it makes sense, etc. Yeah, for sure. So. Um, I don't know. That's it. I think that's it for me in regards to the set. Like the lands don't really impress me that much. Um, we already talked about some of the obvious stuff, like brood moth and things like that. Yeah. You know the the ultimatums. What is it? Three fifths of them are kind of eh. And yeah. Then there's the ridiculous teamer enchantment, song of creation. Like that card's very good. It is. It is really really good. Very good. It works well with underworld breach. Yeah, very. to say the least. So, I think we're, we're going to see a lot of interesting stuff out of this set. Sprite Dragon is yeah. a card I will be buying when it actually has a real price. I think I checked uh, last week and it was close to $5 for this thing. There's no way that's going to be a price that lasts. No, but I definitely think that card is at least sideboard potential in Storm and Modern. That card is very... That, that would be my uncommon out of this set to target would be Sprite Dragon. Yeah. Well, that, that's what I was going to do. I'll bring this up so people can read it. It's basically a better Storm Chaser Mage because the, the counters are permanent. So yeah. It's just a one It's a one, one flying haste for is it, and it basically has prowess, but the per, the counters stick. And the kind of what I was hoping to do, I wanted to pick up you know four to play and then um, maybe a full art one or two for the cube to replace Storm Chaser Mage. Yeah. Some other things. But with the price tag on it right now, because like I said, the market's still figuring things out. We're a month away from the set release, and... In the Americas and a couple of other regions, so people are still trying to figure out what is the correct price for anything that isn't the four hundred dollar Fetchland bundle. Yeah. Like, so, I'm I'm going to move on to picks and stop rambling about the set. Works. You are. Works for me. All right. You want to kick us off? Yes. Uh, so, it kind of went to the well for this one. Um, looking at some old penny specs and stuff that I'd invested in. And what I came up with was now that we're getting a little bit more cycling support, and this, of course, keeping in theme with our, you know, set review, I had to go to the well for this one. I went and looked back at some previous penny specs, stuff like that, that might have a little bit more viability now that aren't Sarkin's Unsealing, which I still stand by to this day. Uh, and that is New Perspectives. So there was a hot second a very, very hot second during Amonkhet Standard where New Perspectives was a sweet new combo deck that's found its way into the metagame, very briefly. Now that we have more cards that support cycling, I was trying to think of what cards might play with this in 
formats we have. Mm-hmm. And I eventually went down to two possible choices. I was either going to pick new perspectives or I was going to pick the cycling lands. And talked it over and decided, you know what? Pioneer's a slower format. Pioneer's a format where we can more viably see something like cycling happen because modern's just too fast, yep. even with, you know, basically two um, astral slides at yeah. work. And I definitely think that we could see something like New Perspectives Combo in Pioneer with the new Turtle Guy or any number of other cards that we get because it is slow enough. And even if it doesn't pick up right now, Marrow has insisted that he likes cycling as an evergreen mechanic. So it's just a good long-term investment. Also, mm-hmm. drawing cards, cycling, I, I feel good about it in Pioneer, especially because right now it's basically dirt yes. to pick up. Um, I think it's actually, I'd have to look at what it was when I picked it, but I think it is more affordable now than Sarkin's Unsealing was when I picked it. Um, it's it's so affordable, actually. So it's like a quarter for the non-foil. The foils are 60 cents. I would say go in on the foils because you have less of a reprint risk there and it's just a better opportunity overall. Yep. So that's that's my pick. I'm I am insanely confident at nine cents i am also insanely confident at like one to two dollars for the foils that it definitely pans out in the long yeah. run uh, the one thing about new perspectives that i like actually it's two things because it's kind of a twofold issue is that people when it comes to edh underestimate how slow the slide decks are to win and yeah. they also underestimate how often you you can have a full hand which allows you to just tear through your deck play shadows of the grave to bring everything that you cycle the way back which yep. was part of the combo engine that you mentioned earlier and then cycle it and you can just keep doing that once you have shadows of the grave and something that can bounce a car like archaeomancer or any way to recur shadows you can just cycle your entire deck make a bunch of drakes with drake yep. haven and eventually win from there but the thing is you can't do that quickly so a card like this is not difficult to cast in the Jeskai cycling deck if you don't want to play Shadows of the Grave in the Zerd deck if you do want to play Shadows of the Grave. Yep. And the other uh, issue, the other thing, reason I like this is because they are bringing cycling back as an EDH theme for one of the decks. The The Jeskai card allows you to cycle on each turn one card for free. So people are looking at Decree of Silence, they're looking at Decree of Annihilation, kind of breaking that uh, silent agreement, so to speak. And what big, dumb cards can you cycle to get a an effect that's big and dumb. So, despite yep. the f- despite the fact that this actually will be in uh, that precon, it looks like now that we have the full lists, the fact that this that the printing brings attention to this card, and that this the set version is half the price of the commander version, should raise the floor on this card almost immediately. And at that point, you're going to have a return on your investment. Yep. And I, this is. A, a, a fine long-term hold. They can only print a cycling EDH deck so many times. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. I like it. It's not a hard pickup. It's it should be an easy out as people move into that deck, especially now there's a dedicated general to it, as opposed to having to do something weird, like I said, with Zer and play a prison deck or something else that doesn't quite fit the theme. You know, you can be thematic now if you want to look at it that way. Yeah. Um, my pick for this week is actually going to be a constructed playable card in Pestilent Spirit. Pestilent Spirit is a card 
that I liked when it was printed originally. Uh, I, th I thought about picking it early on in its life cycle in standard after it dropped at, after the set release, thinking that it would pick up in modern because something like Jund that could play, uh, there's a, a Chandra that dealt a damage to a creature and a player, giving that Chandra... Oh, sorry. It didn't do that. It's uh, something like K-Command. You could just blap a creature off the board or yeah. whatever. Um, any num any of the three CMC burn spells that allow you to split damage the way you want, you could just get a board like that. It was pretty easy uh, to take care of. The reason I'm going back to the well on this one is actually the card Flame Spill that was just printed. Uh, Flame Spill is a an uncommon from... Uh, Aquaria that costs four. It is based on an unset design where any mm. damage. So let me bring up the image so everybody can read along with me here. So flame spill deal flame spill deals four damage to target creature. Excess damage is dealt to that creature's controller instead. So for three mana at an instant, you can kill anything that isn't an indestructible and still deal three damage to your opponent with a Pestilent Spirit on board. Yep. This allows you to kind of clear out these gummed up board states, or it might just bring renewed interest to some of those other three CMC burn spells, like I said, that allows you to choose three different targets. Uh, this card was sitting around a quarter when uh, I suggested people pick it up. It's you know gone up a tiny bit, not a whole lot. But this is something you're going to have to wait for modern season to really, uh, you know, see growth on it excuse me the interesting thing that i found about this over the weekend was that card kingdom was buy was buying these they were not buying them for much above bulk so the delta was pretty big but they were buying infinite yeah so if they're buying max quantity that tells you that there's demand there to begin with and as a card that's close to bulk prices on tcg player even the foil it, uh, it picked a bunch up for around a dollar in the long term, if this card picks up in Standard or Modern or Pioneer anywhere, it should be, again, a, an easy flip out. Uh, like, it is currently in Standard, so you're going to see a crash when it rotates in September. But between now and then, if we do see an uptick in Modern, that's going to just drive the price. And it's not really going to, to tick down when it rotates out. I yeah. would suggest, if you like the idea of this and something like Flamespill, or looking at this card, even for EDH, where you have the ability to play something like Comet Storm that allows you to just place to spread damage very easily uh you move in sooner than later because the moment this does find a home you know you're gonna lose out on that quarter spec yeah and the to me if if i didn't see an out on this because of modern in the next i'll be liberal and say nine months because i don't know if the modern season is going to start when we really expected it to with the closure of magic fests um, let's if they do delay it, we'd, we'd see it then. If that doesn't happen, then I would hold it for the the following year. Yeah, I, I don't see them not reprinting an effect like Flame Spill again. And every time they do that, this card is only going to get a little bit better. Or as yeah. they make spreading damage more accessible and they move it down to two CMC, which there might be already, they make it more common or they make it instant instead of sorcery speed. This card gets a little bit better each time. It's not too far away from being Pioneer playable in a format that is kind of slow already, but is not very creature heavy. So if Pioneer yeah. shifted into that, this is definitely a card that you can see pick up and help clear out those board stalls. 
So for me, uh, it's not as cheap as New Perspectives, but this definitely seems like it has, in the short term, opportunity and in the long run, opportunity as well. Also a card that was in nothing more than the set. There's no additional yeah. printings. There's no way to get this card besides crack and boosters. So Yeah, and the fact that it didn't have a premium version, I think, is definitely something that will help it. Uh, it hasn't been in the promo packs. It's like falls into this weird spot over the last two years where it's a playable rare that wasn't printed into Oblivion yep. outside of the normal print run of the set, which yep. is just ludicrous to me. Correct. Um, yeah, and Rav Allegiance was in print for the, the the entire four print runs, so there's still a ton of it. That you know, so it's going to be cheap, like I said, until it, it yeah. finds a home. But you know, this is. To me, this reads as a card now that Flame spills in a standard set. That this is a sooner rather than later kind of kind of thing. Yeah. So um, that's it for me in this. It took a little while to figure out Pestilent Spirit because I was just kind of fart around for a while. But Flame Spill, like <laughs> when that when that caught my eye, I was like, all right, I, I got to fire off and, and pick mine up, and then also make the call. Yeah, like, I, for I just, sure. I just think it's going to happen. Yeah, I I think it's just too much of a good like removal value engine. That even if it ends up in like EDH and some Boros deck, and every now and then, you know, Saffron Olive and Modern has his Boros, his Bragro, or not Boros, sorry, his uh, Rakdos. Yeah, yeah, Bragro. Uh, Ra yeah, Bragro list that he'll run that, like, oh, here's, you know, Lightning, Skelemental, and a bunch of other stuff. This card slots into that pretty well. Yeah. So if nothing else, you can probably reliably count on the Saffron Olive effect. So I, I definitely think it's got a spot for yeah, sure. There's hoping. Uh, but yeah. You know, with that, we put up our quick picks this weekend, and we will see you guys next week. Right? See you. Yep. So uh, I am at Halt I am Reptar on Twitter. You are at Thirsty Sizzler. We are at MTG Cabalcast on Twitter and Patreon and Facebook, and leave us feedback where you can. Yep. Thanks, you guys. guys. Appreciate it.